Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate's Top 10 in Podcast Series. In these, top, in these 10 minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2021 22 top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm your host, Jonathan Shine, CRE, and CEO and Executive Director of the Real Estate Limited Partner Institute in New York. The Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced, innovative, and credentialed problem solvers, counselors practice in 20 countries and offer expertise in more than 50 real estate disciplines across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Casey Conway, CRE, principal and co-founder of Red Shoe Economics in Lilburn, Georgia. Casey authored the narrative supporting the number nine issue of this year's compilation of the top 10 issues affecting real estate, Adaptive Reuse 2.0. To review all of the issues in this year's report, visit cre.org slash top 10. Welcome, Casey. Thanks, Jonathan. Great to be with you. Thank you. So as we see it, adaptive reuse is not a new concept to commercial real estate and has become an important sector in its own right. You've talked about adaptive reuse 2.0 and the neighborhood approach. Can you please explain? Sure. So I've, I've loved adaptive reuse. I think it's primarily because I'm afraid of dying and I'm hoping I can uh, adaptively reuse myself before they figure out that I'm dead. <laughs> I can have another use in the afterlife. Uh, so, not too soon. Not too soon. Not too soon. When I started this years ago, the first paper I wrote on it was turning uh, blight bright. And it really, adaptive reuse originally, go back a decade ago, was about how to take that isolated urban eyesore in a closed train station or a bus station that really was uh, an eyesore in the downtown or the urban area. And how do we fix it? How do we bring it um, back to some kind of life? And so typically it was, you know, a, a, good, a good soul, a good CRE that, you know, brought philanthropy to the table and we did a, uh, you know, a CRE project um, and, uh, and, and we would fix that project. Well, we've done a lot of those and they've been very successful. And so what we're seeing happen now is we, we're seeing the scale of the problem that we have more empty buildings, more unutilized assets. Look what's happened in retail. You know, before COVID, we had not, a record 9,000 stores closed. And then COVID accelerated everything. What are we going to do with office buildings? What might we do with business convention centers and venues if we don't go back to the same places? And so as I started to think about it, I started to look around the country and see if anybody was dealing with it in a bigger, more macro level. And so I came up with this, all right, let's call it an after use 2.0, just like the Hollywood movie celebrities, you know, the sequel. And um, I called it the neighborhood approach because I found some really neat examples where communities had said, let's look holistically at our neighborhood and see, wow, there's really five or 10 or 15 you know, you know, empty eyesores or potential blight uses. And the biggest challenge in my first paper was local government. They didn't understand it. They didn't want to do a change. And so um, it was really difficult to get that done. Well, when you now engage local government on a neighborhood level with zoning and everything else, uh, you communicate to developers and investors that, hey, here's a whole area. And here's what we think will allow you to do. We want more housing over here. We want more office and green space over here. And it really fits well with the big problem that we have, which is regional malls. All of us have a, a dying or dead mall in our community. And what do we do with it? Because what's all around it are great households, great neighborhoods. They're full. You know, it used to be, you know, the retail and commercial real estate would follow the rooftops. Well, now we already have the rooftops there. It's adaptive reuse is following <laughs> kind of the empty stuff. So, so, so we did a paper that we published in uh, late May um, that we called it that, uh, adaptive reuse 2.0 and uh, the neighborhood approach. And we studied 
South Florida. And we looked at all the examples, whether it was Wynwood or Doral, the city of Doral, where the Doral Country Club is. Um, and, and we and, uh, went back Coral Gables, uh, places uh, that are really taking this neighborhood approach on. We looked at places like uh, outside Phoenix, Arizona, in the city of Tempe, near Arizona State, they did a project called Marina Heights. They built a lake. They brought in Allstate as their headquarters. They did housing. They tied it into green space. There's another one in Denver called the Streets of South Clint. I grew up in Denver. It was an old in a mall when I was new when I was growing up as a teenager, uh, Southland Mall. And it took over a decade to kind of get it all straightened out, but really great neighborhoods around it. So what I see is the success to adaptive use now and for local communities is don't look at individual assets or eyesores. Look at the whole neighborhood and put a plan just like you would do in normal zoning and planning. Wow. So, so what are some of the unique adaptive reuse projects you've seen recently that mer- merit attention? I've I've seen them all over the board. One of my favorite ones is in Boston. We called it uh, converting uh, shank to swank. It was a prison to a hotel in downtown Boston. Um, And they kept the prison bars and it's a really cool place. Um, You know, the city of Denver has a lot of great ones. They almost destroyed all of their historic assets in the 1960s and 70s when they wanted to be a modern hip city. And um, so they've done things with their train station and a lot of their historic buildings. Uh, One of the neat ones I like in Denver is the old Stapleton Airport. They preserved the air traffic control tower and and made it into a kind of an entertainment venue called the Punchbowl Social. I I hope it made it through COVID. (laughs) Um, But it was, you know, you keep something uh, unique and different. Uh, that, that Marina Heights uh, outside ASU, which is right at the base of the mountain, you know, you build a lake in the middle of a desert. And uh, it was uh, outside the big dig. It was the largest continuous concrete floor because, you know, in the desert, if you don't put a concrete floor underneath your lake, it all drains, <laughs> drains away. And it's just, a, you know, a big, a big hole in the ground. Um, so there's a there's a lot of even other on small scales. When I wrote my first report, we saw where they were converting branch banks, small towns that had lost maybe their last branch bank, but they didn't have a public library or a town meeting hall. And they worked with, uh, this one was, uh, they partnered with Auburn University in Alabama, and they converted this old branch bank into a really neat new library, town meeting hall. So it doesn't have to be huge. These are very, very scalable type assets. Well, Shank just went. Well, I'm still feeding on that one. I guess it puts Hotel California at ease. You can check out and leave. You know what? Yeah. I'm, so. Just imagine if we still had Alfred Hitchcock around. He could have used that for a for a set of some kind. You know, another one that I'm working on right now that's pretty innovative for office people is what are we going to do with office buildings if we don't need as much space? And so one of the neat ones I've, I'm doing, I'm under a non-disclosure, but I can tell you it's in the Chicago market. And they're looking at the final feasibility of taking the office building. They're gutting all the floors and they're converting it to aquaponics. So you don't need to go back with the TI improvements. You don't need a lot of water. You can use all of the elevators to, to move things. You can use uh, these robots that go up and down the rows of produce that you're growing. And uh, if, the, say, the tomato looks like it's ripe, it sends a pulse and it, it uh, causes the stem to reflex and the tomato to drop in a little arm basket. Uh, but the numbers on this is you can buy these buildings um, and you can you can replicate rents of almost $20 a square foot because you don't need as much full service, not as much expenses. And now it's locally grown, organically produced. Uh, you're growing fish on one level and pumping the fish poop water into the into these racks that are growing every kind of vegetable uh, with no partitionings, no walls. 
And uh, so it could, it could be a really interesting use of some office buildings or portions of office buildings where you're doing aquaponics and the margins are great for organic, locally grown, locally sourced fresh fruit and produce. Actually, that's kind of incredible, but I have one quick question before we, we close. Does that change the, the need for improving the floor load? I mean, that's that water's heavy. Uh, so it's very little. They're just little lines that come out um, that pump into these racks. Uh, it's about the same as what the water load that you, you know, you've got the different water containment systems at the upper levels of the office building, the gravity flow, no adaptation to it. They actually have to turn down the water pressure that's in the bathrooms because they need less of a flow. It's really a, a trickle and out of the uh, containers that are growing, say, uh, tilapia fish. So very, very efficient, doesn't require a lot of new TIs. And uh, we just got to convince the lenders that, um, you know, what the, what the new NOI is and what the reserves are. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, thank you, Casey. As we know, repurposing real estate impacts more than one property or one block. It has a positive effect on the entire surrounding neighborhood. All of the top, all of the 2021 top 10 issues are highly interconnected and indicative of a changing and evolving real estate landscape. We're grateful for your knowledge and contributions to this year's report. Join us next time for another discussion of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Jonathan Shine on behalf of the Counselors of Real Estate. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Top 10 in 10.